Yo, Marcus. Yo. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. Do you like saying groovy while smoking doobies or while YouTubing? Occasionally. Fair enough. I think people talk too much about pooping. I don't know. It's just like a, a rhyme scheme. I do remember people used to like when we did that sometimes. Like you Riding a Suzuki is- with Susan Lucci in a movie, like yeah. Redman like Red said on his first album. You know what I said to Mads Mickelson? What? Let me mad nickels, son. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Sometimes the well He seems is like dry. a cool guy. He'd probably be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I just made Mads Mickelson Canadian. Or Martin. I made Mads Mickelson Martin. Yeah, because we were talking <clears throat> about Martin off record, so that's yeah. probably why. Yes. Um, and we were also talking off record. Um, I've been reading... Vern's um, gigantic tome of Steven Seagal movies mm-hmm. called Seagology, a study of the ass-kicking films of Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I've read Hannah Arendt. I've read Susan Sontag. I've read Simone Vey. I've read Armand White. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think there's something special about applying... Uh, sort of true love of film to the Steven Seagal uh, canon, which is certainly difficult. And and Vern doesn't pretend like it isn't, but it's fun. And then there's like he'll have he'll have like little asides, you know, where it's like my, like he says, my comic book friend wanted me to call this the Cal L age. Because Kal-El is Superman's Christian name and he likes Superman a lot. Mm -hmm. I told him to go fuck himself. And I like that. And I was also rereading some some stuff by by Bruno Schultz, who you remember as the writer of the book The Hourglass Sanitarium that was turned into a movie that we really love. Yes, we do. And... um, Bruno Schultz had a very short, tragic life. Um, yes, Oscar and I have been watching a lot of Holocaust movies or like Holocaust adjacent movies or like movies that have to do with things like that. And I'll tell you, it's really hard to find Hourglass Sanitarium right now. Is it? Yeah. <clears throat> I guess, like, why would, I mean, of course, I, it's not like I've... I've only seen it in the theater, and I've only wanted to see it in the theater, so it's not like I've, I've looked for it, so I, I don't know why I acted surprised. I mean, that, 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 that sounds reasonable. Yeah, I mean, it was not easy for me to find when I found it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. There is a DVD that, that's available, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find it on a streaming service, and I really mm-hmm. want to show Saskia it, because I think, I think it's a really special movie, uh, which is like an understatement, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and like, obviously, like this time of year is around the time my father passed away. So, like, I think about like the father-son relationships and um, this little this little thing that Bruno Schultz wrote. My father never tried, never tired of glorifying the extraordinary element of matter. There is no dead matter. He taught us. He lifelessness is only a disguise behind which we hide unknown forms of life. 
Mm. But I also have been told that I've been kind of a downer the past few episodes. But, you know. No, it is what it is, man. Look, if you don't like me at Britney Spears 2003, you don't get me Britney Spears 1998. And I will say say that my, my kind of sad version isn't a bad version. It's just a sad version. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just just a little housekeeping. Um, Breaking Glass Films was kind of an, kind enough to send us a a screener of Furjan Ozpatek's Goddess of Fortune, which mm-hmm. we which we watched this morning. And thank you so much. We're get companies are sending us screeners of movies we actually want to see. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in sending us a screener, you know, just be polite. It goes a long way. Absolutely. Um, a long time ago, someone who, in all in all, you know, forms and functions, probably made good movies, but was so bad mannered about it that I will probably never watch their movies. I'm just saying. <laughs> So, <laughs> what you know who I'm talking about? No, that's why I'm laughing. Um, and you're so. And if you think this song is about you, it is. Anyway, um, but Ferjan Ospitek's Goddess of Fortune is like this really beautiful Italian story of you know this gay couple have to take care of the kids of a friend who is not well and. It's sort of like, you know, an artistic Italian three men and a baby, but right. Like, but like in a good way. And you know, it's like what can I say? It's a good movie. It's enjoyable. It has ups and downs. There's there the the final act is hard to predict. Uh um the backdrops of Italy are just utterly delicious. It's tender kind and real and the cinematography I mean I just miss like most people aren't traveling right now mm-hmm. so it's like kind of nice to see Italy oh good point you know so like and like really beautiful Italy it's like a, a sprawling a sprawling thing so sure. I just want to say um, thank you to 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 them and yeah uh, thank you yeah that movie should be out by the time this episode comes out so check it out check check it out um i know we have a lot of we have a lot of like odds and ends stuff that we're enjoying um but so i was talking about holocaust movies mm-hmm. have you ever seen ida yeah of course by by powell paulukowski yeah, it came out a couple years ago, a few years ago. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, <clears throat> he's um, now he's kind of blown up because you know he's he had Cold, Cold War Cold War after and yeah, he's a good filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, I think like Ida is one of the most devastating post Second World War films I've seen because mm. it's just so small and devastating. It's about this young woman who's about to become a nun. And before becoming a nun, you know, she spent her life in an orphanage. She meets her aunt and and her aunt reveals to her that 
that she's not that she was born Jewish and then they go on this this adventure which is a weird word to say because it's not really yeah. like an adventure like they're trying to figure out where where her parents are mm-hmm. and it was just fucking devastating it's shot perfectly it's strangely uh, like a TV aspect ratio which is something that I'm noticing now when aspect ratios are different mm. like when we had Abba Makama on he was explaining the, his purposefulness of doing the lost Akaroshi in, oh sure in the the TV aspect ratio is that mm-hmm. is that the four by three? Yes. Versus the sixteen by nine. Nine. Thank you. Um, like when you were a kid, when I was a kid, and like you get like money to go, you get. Did you get gift certificates to like Tower Records and shit when you were a kid? Um. Yeah, <clears throat> I did. Newberry Comics, uh, specifically. Yeah, whatever the local spot was. Yeah, that was the shit. Speaking of comics, shout out to John Arminio and also check out. Um, I just did an episode of Graphic Policy Radio, oh, dope. where where I talk about '80s Daredevil, and that was fun. So, just, oh, you left the ch- oh. I was gonna say we kind of hung out with John the other day, but you you had to leave. But he he joined the Zoom for uh, for for the group that we were on, so I got to catch up with him. He got to meet my wife via Zoom, so that was cool. Yeah, we had a birthday party for. Um, Graphic policy host Alana Levan, and uh, mm-hmm. it was nice, and we had a good time. And I, I went on a long diatribe about why it's always sunny in Philadelphia is better than Seinfeld, and better than Rick and Morty, and how Seinfeld is bad, and how Rick and Morty is just okay. Yeah, <laughs> good times. It was. It was. Um, but anyways, um, so I remember when I would get Tower Records gift certificates for my birthday, I would buy movies that I wanted to see that I couldn't get or that I wanted to own, and I never understood Letterbox at the time, mm-hmm. because I thought, why would I want less screen? Right. And now I understand why, yeah. and it's pretty cool that most TVs exist now to to appreciate that. Right. And um, you had me watch a movie the other day. Which one? Uh, oh, before we go, did were you able to watch Meetings with Remarkable Men? I, I was not. Okay, that's for another time. It's okay. Uh, hi, Doug. Also, I want to shout out my friend Sam Lakin. Who, who did the art for my decade list and is helping me make a t-shirt of, of my friend who passed away and uh, he's been a real mensch about it. So, And he claims that he listens to the show sometimes. So if he is, you know. You ever, smoke, up, you ever smoke PCP, Marcus? Not yet, but it's, I'm getting close. Nice. You had me watch The Enchanted Desna. Yeah. So, um, which was directed by, um, 
I'm waiting Yulia, uh, directed by Yulia Sontseva. Yeah. I'm th- I hope I'm pronouncing that Sontseva, correct. Sontseva, I guess. Yeah, whatever. He said it. Who whose husband was famed director of Golden Age cinema of Russia, would you say? Uh, I don't know. I was I was going to say he's kind of like the godfather of like early Soviet art house cinema. Oh, most <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. That's not even a question. As far as golden age, I, it's it's I, I I don't know what's considered, and I don't want to uh, say the wrong thing. But whatever. I mean, her, close her enough. Husband, yeah, he was he's like an older he's like, yeah he's like a legendary filmmaker. Her husband Alexander Dovshenko lived from 1894 to 1956, and he wrote this sort of magical realist autobiography mm-hmm. and then his wife Yulia Sonseva made this movie after he died helped finish her husband's script about his childhood mm-hmm. which I think is like a beautiful ride or die partnership of course you know there, there, there's not a ton of husband and wife director teams obviously I'm thinking of Barbara Loden right now and Jim Jarmusch and uh, Sarah Driver. Um, there's a couple. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I guess Spike Jones and, and Sofia Coppola at, at, at one point, even though they're not together anymore. But, Yo, um, my friend Theodore Barrow, uh-huh. a skateboard guy, mm-hmm. uh, when we were, we were talking on the phone the other day, and he recommended me Spike Jones's skate videos from the 90s. Oh, wow, that's old. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you that even if you don't like skateboarding that much, if you like Spike Jones, his his skate videos, like the the way he films the actual skating and also the interludes and the style, they're, they're legit, I think, should be considered part of his canon. I'm not mad at that. I mean, honestly, it was like precursor to, you know, CKY stuff. Um, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, there's specifically one of the videos that they're watching in kids is, is like one of the famous Spike Jones skate videos, which is why I remember seeking them out later on in high school. Yeah. Cause it looks so like it, it just looked really cool. I wasn't like a, a skater guy. I don't even like not, not, no, none of my friends skated or, either. Neither and you it was or just I. Like, oh, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Neither you and I are skateboarders, but, um, like Video Days by Spike Jones is considered like one of the transitional videos of skating, mm-hmm. and it has Mark Gonzalez like doing some new moves that people didn't really know about, and it had uh, Jason Lee and um, yeah, Video Days, and and I'm I'm like 90,000% sure that that was Spike Jones. Uh, I really don't want to I really don't want to get hated on by skaters right No, now. no, I think you're no because from that Spike Jones went on to do music videos and one yeah, of his first yeah. music videos was the Sonic Youth video that had Jason Lee skateboarding in it. Mhm. Um, so yeah, and Jason Lee talks about Benny Hanna's and and yeah, that's video days and then there's this Really want if you can find um, Keenan Milton Mouse from one of Spike Jones's things, it's just I was really bugged out how much 
like they're essentially like early movies or 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 art to me like skating in the 90s is definitely pretty pretty artistic i wouldn't call it art like skateboarding isn't an art but i i would argue that maybe skateboard videos are art why i'm just curious why wouldn't you think skateboarding is an art because my friend Ted says it's not, and and I trust him because because he he's like almost a doctor of art. <clears throat> okay, I mean I can't. I guess I'd, I'd I'd have to disagree, but to each his own. It's like I feel like any athletic is an art, especially when you're great at it. Like seeing how certain people do stuff, it's like whoa. Artistic, you know? perhaps. But mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh! If we're going like, if we're that, if we're, I, then then I completely agree. Like I know, I, I know exactly what, what your friend is saying. Like in art, yeah, 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 okay, sure. But it, I, I just looked at it as like when I see someone do an amazing move on a skateboard, I'm like, oh, that's art. But then like, an art is different. It sounds like some people. It sounds like we're splitting hairs, but we're actually kind we're of def- not. Yeah, we. It's like we are and we aren't. Yeah, we like, are, but we actually aren't. Have you seen Betty? Betty. Yeah, no, the, it's that? a skateboard show on HBO. No, oh that no, I know what it is, but no, I haven't seen it. So it's really good, and it's it. We've I think we've talked about this before, but I was talking to Carlo, who's like another gigantic mensch in my life, just a fucking good dude, and yeah. we're talking about how Betty was a TV show that that came from the popularity of a movie called Skate Kitchen. And, you know, the Skate Kitchen was was okay. The movie was all right. But the mm-hmm. TV show is, is quite good. And, and that's, you know... I don't... Yeah, I, I, I just don't... Like, is I don't think of... I just think that there's something very artistic about 90s skateboard videos in particular and, like, people figuring out these gigantic moves like um like day one song versus rodney mullen those videos are insane mm. i'm not a skater i watch that stuff and i get hype yeah uh you know you watch you watch brilliant people of what they do and you're like wow i can watch this um yeah that's pretty much what i was getting at earlier when you're just great at something it just looks like art yeah, but you're right. Yeah, Sofia Coppola, Spike Jones, when they were together. I'm just saying, and what I liked about Sofia Coppola, Spike Jones, is that it seemed like they were genuinely supportive of each other. Yeah, like they they were kind of, they were in the same lane, but they did make their own different kind of movies, but they still, it was just like, oh, the person that made Ben John Malkovich definitely knows the person who made Virgin Suicides. Like it just kind of, there was just like a thing. I can't even put... I can't say any more than that. It just made sense. Like, it made sense they were together considering the art that each of them made. Like, outside of just directing, like, they both dabbled in photography and fashion and, and other kinds of stuff. So it, it just all made sense. Yeah, just, you know, sometimes relationships don't work, you know? I don't, it's like, but they seem to be happy they're making art, you know? Yeah. We talked about On the Rocks last week. And, you know, if Spike Jones makes a new movie, I'm sure I'll watch it. Same. And But I'll tell you that discovering his old skate videos has been like, just like finding new, new movies of his. 
because it's so good to me. Another another YouTube blessing. Like YouTube is very. <sighs> I feel like YouTube is is. I, I'm not trying to be like ageist or anything, but like YouTube is really great. Like depending on your age. Like if you're in your late 30s, like us, or early 40s, there's like certain things. And I'm not, oh, if you're 20, you don't know anything. But it's just certain things that just, like, were so obscure even then that, like, mm-hmm. of course you wouldn't know. And I'm sure there's the equivalent of someone who's, like, 70 that and, like, we don't know stuff that they know. But I just, like, I remember a couple years ago, someone uploaded every episode. It was only one season. Every episode of that MTV show, Austin Stories. Oh, wow. Which I loved. It was only, you know, one season, but it was, like, really good. But it was every episode. It wasn't even the best quality, but I just remember. And it also kind of held up. Um, and then like you know the state not so much that show is not as funny as I remember it but it was nice to go back and revisit episodes of the state there's like a lot of liquid television stuff there's like yeah man it's so so YouTube is really really cool yeah um, like I don't even want to say like what's on there like you know but shit good point <laughs> yeah good point I was like, just kidding but like well, I, I'm like I couldn't have found Enchanted Desna if it weren't for YouTube, and there's a lot of sure, art. Mo- there's there's a lot of art movies that that are under questionable questionable copyright control that you can find on YouTube, and mm-hmm. it's really great. And that makes me I really want to rewatch the Max Man. That show was so dope. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that might doesn't, have to be next. That doesn't appear to be on YouTube, but yo, y'all, where where can where can we find that? Yeah. Some right. someone send me a link to the Max. I want to watch that again. I want to pretend to take magic mushrooms and and watch that. <laughs> but tell tell me about Enchanted Desna, Yulia's Yulia Santseva's um, uh, abstract biography of her husband yeah i was gonna say it's almost like um i feel like you can't really mention this movie or the work of alexander without kind of mentioning like uh tarkovsky and it's kind of the perfect description essentially what what scott said it's like an artful biography it's like you know it predates the mirror which predates tree of life and they're all kind of in that same lane of just like Kind of autobiographical, but also like very artistic, taking liberties, sprawling scenes of whatnot that kind of span time. But at the end of the day, yeah, it is. It, it's like a, it, it's kind of an artful, artistic, somewhat playful kind of biopic of just kind of like a, a young Soviet, you know, child and. You know, similar to like the mirror, or even t- touches of Ivan's childhood. Ivan's childhood kind of oh, deals a lot more with war, although, but the Enchanted Desna does also. So, um, you know, yeah, he he was very influential. It's one of those things, where, like you know, you can deny if you want, but it's like he was a huge influence on on Tarkovsky. And but 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 this movie specifically, as well as you know, I have to mention if we're talking about Enchanted Desna, you really should see Wings. Uh, by Larissa Shapitko, um, because she actually studied um, Alexander. Do- How do you say his last name again? Uh, I feel so. Dushenko. Alexander Dushenko. Uh, she studied his work, uh, and for those, you know, Larissa Shapitko is the. Oh damn! 
uh, Soviet husband and wife directing team. Uh, Elam Klimov, who most famous for Come and See, and his wife, Larissa Shapitko. They, they both, uh, it, I mean, it's documented. They, they both love uh, The Enchanted Desna. They both love um, this, this film. So, so there you go. Um, you know, it's also, you know, Yuliana, I did mention this briefly uh, a couple episodes ago. I mean, I myself, just like Scott, I recently discovered this movie myself. And I didn't know that uh, the director of this film, you know, I know she, I knew she was an actor, but I just never put two and two together. Uh, I, I mentioned before she's most famous. She's like the, one of the stars of the film um, Alita, Queen of Mars. But I didn't know that she was a director. I didn't know who she was married to. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, still still learning stuff every day. Every Might day Might be coming knowledge to some. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like Enchanted Desna is just like perfectly shot beautifully in color yeah it's the story is simple horses talk <laughs> are you familiar with the artist uh piotr bruegel no well one of my favorite artists um you know did landscapes and people and there's a couple bruegels but there's a very famous painting, Hunters in the Snow, and there are parts of Enchanted Desna that reminded me of that. And it's, you know, pictures of what... Oh, well, of course I... Oh, I guess I never... Oh, man, you're just making even a, a bigger connection there because Hunters in the Snow influenced uh, a large section of the film uh, The Mirror by Tarkovsky. Oh, you know, so that's, all, yeah. that's a movie that you keep on telling me I need to check out yeah. that I just haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm never mad if anyone says that, like, Stalker is his best film, but I, I do think, me personally, I think, I mean, The Mirror is one of my favorite movies, period, but I think The Mirror is that's his best film, but it's like pulling straws, like, whatever. He's got, he's got a solid filmography. I mean, with the exception of maybe one or two movies, I'm not mad at someone saying any of... Anything from Tarkovsky's filmography is like his best film, to be quite honest. And and you're saying that it's inspired by, um, really? Yeah, one of the sections in in particular. Well, actually, oh man, oh my God. Here, all right. So here, here we go. So <clears throat> before the mirror, uh, Hunters in the Snow is featured heavily in his film Solaris. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's not just like in the background. It's like kind of a part of the plot. And then, you know, a few years later, uh, what, five years later, he made The Mirror. And then there's literally, like, scenes in the film that are made to emulate the painting, uh, Hunters in the Snow. So, yeah. And I will say that Wings and The Mirror are on Criterion Collection, Criterion Channel. Mm-hmm. As is Wings of Desire. Oh, there you go. A great, um, a great triple feature, a triple triple, and you know our friend, our friend Tone Tank was upset that Ghost Dog is not on the Criterion Collection um, channel, even though they didn't, they just didn't they just make the Criterion. Yeah, yeah, it just just got released. So, so, so what's up with that, man? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah. It makes me sad. Ghost Dog should always be there. It should always be there. You know, or like 
to Maybe sleep with anger isn't isn't on Criterion Channel. Hmm. Or at least it wasn't for a while. I don't know. I'm gonna find out right now. Oh, yeah. Right. It's not. Oh. But yeah, the Enchanted Desna is just like a very beautiful Peter Bruegel movie, and. What's funny is like well, you probably know this because you're now you're familiar with what I'm talking about, but you know, Bruegel's paintings make you think like, oh, this is ideal, this is an ideal scene or this is ideal world, and like actually, it's like I think they're like films of bad shit about to happen to people. Uh, I, I agree. That's all. Yeah. And yeah, it's a really good movie. Thank you for thank you for you know having me check it out. Of course. I I really enjoyed it and I the movie I was telling you about last week, $9.99 is still a movie that I've been thinking about every day. Oh. Okay. And, I still have it written down. Yeah, it's it's you have to pay to rent it, but again, the people that listen to our show I think are willing to pay three dollars to to watch a movie. I would say so. Like, come on, <laughs> yo, I, yo. We're gonna talk about this other movie that you had me watch that that really ruined my day. Oh, man. But I do need to talk about, like, I think I need to talk about this every week. How good Tubi is. Mm-hmm. Just because they have the strangest collection of movies. I haven't looked into it, but your your words are consistent with other people's whose opinion that I, I really, you know, value. So I guess I got to get on that when, when I have the time, I guess. Because you'll just be like, like, where is this movie I'm looking for? Like, like Beaver Trilogy 4. It's on Tubi. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the David O. Russell movie that, that, that he took away his name from, it's on there. Uh, Hel- Helena from the Wedding, it's on Tubi. Nice Nobody shit. Walks by Rus- Rye Russo Young that I've been wanting to watch for a while. Mm-hmm. It's on Tubi. It's um, awesome. And then I watched one of the strangest movies of the past few years stranger than a deadly adoption starring Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig which is also <laughs> sure. on, which is also on Tubi uh-huh. um, have you heard of the 2018 Jim Carrey vehicle Dark Crimes no well it's it's a movie with one of those movies that has a 0% rating okay. like 0% good good reviews when it came out which is a movie that always I I immediately want to watch a movie that gets zero rating I'm I'm kind of the same way I'm curious I mean I always go into those movies knowing it's probably not very few things are that bad and generally speaking I don't think anything is that bad because someone's always going to be a fan of something but um, yeah I'm always curious I think most people are yeah, like um, like that that movie, uh, Killer Joe. Yeah, what about it? 
that was a movie that that didn't get a lot of good 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 ratings or um really or catch 44 starring Bruce Willis uh, sure well the, the so the thing with killer Joe though that 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 all quickly went away because in my mind that movie's considered good because it was like Oh, William Friedkin's kind of return. I guess you can't call it return because he did make Bug like not too long before that. And then this was also, it's considered one of the movies along with Bernie and that that like started what people called like the Matthew McConaughey's, like the re- the renaissance of like, oh, Matthew McConaughey's doing like seriously good movies and he's working with, you know, like big name, you know, auteurs and, and, and whatnot. So, so, that's, so that's interesting. I mean, I guess you're probably right, but I think it died down that reputation died fairly quickly. I think Killer Joe is considered good among most circles now. Almost a de- God, where does the time go? Almost a decade later, Jesus. Yeah. And it's also like a precursor to like the house that Jack built, I guess. Like, like yeah. Oh, in a weird way, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I know sometimes you get annoyed when I just like name movies, but I think sometimes people like when I just start naming the names of movies. So, mm-hmm. I. I hope you're not annoyed with me. Um, this is when you're supposed to say you're not annoyed with me. Oh, I thought you were talking to like the audience. Oh, no, I'm talking... <clears throat> I don't know. No, I do the same thing. I, I, I've literally been doing it this episode, sprouting off other movies. I, why would I get mad at something I've <laughs> that, that I've been doing? I don't this know. Whole I'm, episode very, so I'm far. very sensitive these days. Oh, I thought you meant... Because in the past, when, I guess when you said audience, it's like our friends... On both sides, not not so much mutual friends we have, but like our own separate friends have been like, you just bring out movies. I don't know what you're talking about. You should blah blah blah. So shout out to my best friend Eddie, who that that's always his complaint, and he stopped listening, as if he was listening for a while to begin with. Yeah, but shout out to Marcus <laughs> Allen, who sometimes listens. Yeah, no, Marcus Allen. Yeah, of, of of all my like super close friends, Marcus Allen is is is, is on it. He sh- he'll yeah, and, he'll share and, our episodes on Facebook. Yeah, yeah he's, and he's, everything he's I know about his taste, he has no reason to to watch, and he yet he does. Sure. Not to insult his taste, I'm just saying his taste seems a little different. Yeah, no. And I just, I just, I just want to say, Marcus Allen, I appreciate the fuck out of you, man. I just do. Yeah, he's a, he's a but good anyway, I, I, I just promise spoke, you. Spoke to him yesterday. Um. So, Alexandros Avranas is a a Greek film director, I guess, known for Miss Violence, which I've never seen. But yeah, I don't. I don't know that. He made this movie called Dark Crimes, that came out in two thousand and eighteen. That mm-hmm. you've never heard of, right? No, clearly. No. No. And it stars Jim Carrey in in a role where he plays... So all the characters have Polish names and, and Polish accents, hmm. but they all speak in English. And he plays this detective who, who realizes that the in, the instances of this murder that happened are very similar to an unfinished novel that hasn't come out, hmm. and it's based off of a, a New Yorker article that came out many years ago. And there's a lot of problems with the movie, especially the misogyny in it. Hmm. But there is also 
some interesting parts of it and the pacing and the cinematography and the language and it randomly has uh, Martin Sokus and Charlotte Gainsbourg oh wow oh damn now I kind of want to see this even more right and it only showed up because I was randomly trying to find movies on on Tubi because Tubi Mm -hmm. is my new is my new favorite thing Tubi is the newbie it Tubi is the newbie and the old B you know (laughs) it's just it's just crazy you just find all these movies and you know, it has like a similar premise to the the HBO at night classic starring Cuba Gooding Jr. called A Murder of Crows, where Cuba Gooding Jr. pretends that he wrote this write, writes this book, and it turns out that the book is is um, describing crimes that happened. I'm, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. No. It's a weird one. I've definitely it's. You know, it chalk it up to like the early aughts, late nineties movies that were just on HBO at three in the morning, that weren't okay. sex, that weren't sexy movies. Sure. <laughs> that that we've talked about many times, like the Bokeen Woodborn, Justin Monroe, Justin Monroe, who's the actor mm-hmm. that played Casper? Rest in peace, Justin Pierce, Justin Pierce. Oh, be- oh, Bokeen Woodborn, Justin Pierce. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Blackmail is the movie yeah. is the movie that that one's called, <laughs> and it's it's you know the word blackmail, but it's spelled it's spelled differently because it's mm-hmm. clever. Yeah. But uh, you recommended me uh, another movie which was hard to find, so you can actually find it on YouTube as well, which I feel comfortable saying, which is uh, Corriera's Distance. Yeah. Um. I don't have offhand exactly when that movie came out, but no, no, it came out 2001. in two thousand one. Yeah, um, and it's like it's about like these collective traumas about this the the survivors of the relatives of people who did a terrorist attack in Japan, uh, poisoning water supply, and. They all meet to meet together in the anniversary, and so, and there's flashbacks. How would how would you how would you describe it? Oh no, I was gonna say keep going. <clears throat> um, and like there's flashbacks, and some other characters show up, and there's some poetic things, and and you know it's filmed in a very beautiful dusty style that's very reminiscent of films of 2001 and like in some ways it has vibes of 35 rums like just in some of the pacing hmm. but but they're very 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 different movies yeah yeah and but the tone which can be true you know you, it can be about different things but the ambiance is, is kind of now the more I think about it you're right and it's like it's a it's a commentary so in 1995 there was a cult terrorist group in in Japan called Aleph, and in they did a they released toxins in five different areas of the Tokyo subway, killing people, and not nearly as many people as are killed in this movie. But Koreeda said that this was this was a direct influence for Koreeda. Yeah, Koreeda. Yep. 
was a direct influence for for the movie and yeah it's about like the collective trauma and the guilt of being connected to these things you know yeah imagine being the parent of of someone who did horrific things or the the lover or the brother or the sister right i think you know that's why this movie brings up you know why i so wanted you know we need to talk about kevin to be good because that's essentially what it is it's about like you know it's about the parent of a kid who committed you know a mass murder yeah and and you know the movie wasn't that good but this is and i just i love that perspective especially you know at that time there's always it's like from the perspective of like someone being attacked or it's from this perspective of the attacker whether it's like elephant or I, I, I forgot the name of the other movies, but, you know, this, right. yeah, this is different. It's, like, from afar. It's, like, what the hell went wrong? Like, what happened? Because it is. I don't care who. The last thing you think about is, like, your brother or your sister or your cousin or whoever, you know, doing so- something like this. Like, going off. I don't even know what the term is, but, yeah. And I'm very fascinated by that perspective. Well, you know, things don't, you don't join Jim Jones' cult and then the second day drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, that's a good there, point. You know, things build and build and build and build over time. You know, just how... I didn't think I was going to talk about this on the show, but just like as this as this country gets really divided and you have, you know... To me, like QAnon, right, is like... basically a hate group yeah now you know whoever whoever's into that conspiracy didn't start there they started from steps yeah and and I feel like from steps it's easy to kind of hook someone in with the QAnon thing because it's just like children they're being harmed and it's kind of like oh well I'm in and then next thing you know it's you know and yeah and they didn't they try to kidnap a michigan person or was that was that QAnon? wait was that them oh i don't remember i know what you're talking about but I... talk talk about distance and Coriata for a second uh sure so this was so distance along with beaver trilogy which kind of keeps coming up in, in a bunch of recent episodes is probably my favorite uh kind of old new or new old discovery or covid discovery i love coriata and then i realized it's like um i hadn't seen like his earlier earlier movies it's like you know everybody loves shoplifters and everybody loves um oh man uh what still walking and and stuff like that and then i realized i hadn't seen like his er like his you know 2000 his late 90s early aughts you know films luckily distance happened to be on the streaming place that scott mentioned i'm not gonna say what the name is and but i already did i know i know i know i'm just not gonna no i said you said the streaming okay. service that that, that that scott said um and then i watched it and i was just so taken aback but i was just like oh this is like it's it's super quietly intense it's one of those things where like not not well like at first like oh that was a cool meditative movie and then maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, that's what it was about. Oh, shit, you know. Um, and then I just started reading up about it. And, you know, me being me, you know, specifically, 
come to find out that like I was looking into outside of the true story, you know, the true story that Scott had already, you know, spoke about. Okay, he was just one oh. pause. The I'm sorry because I don't want to do fake news. The the perpetrators of of the attempted kidnapping of Gretchen Whitmer were part of the Boogaloo, the Boogaloo group. Oh, which the, is, the Boogaloo which, Boys. The Boogaloo Boys, which is not, which I'm sure. The Venn diagram of Boogaloo Boys and QAnon supporters is there are probably people who are both, but yeah. I don't want I want to be thoughtful. Like I of don't course, call, of course. Like I don't call people Nazis unless they're Nazis. Yeah. You know? Like I I don't call the Proud Boys Nazis. I call them the Proud Boys. I call them a a group that I would say it's like they're very tricky because like can you call them white supremacists? Like, not everyone in them in there is white, but right. Yeah, you can still. Yeah. yeah, you could. They very much seem like a hate group I mean, to me. Their roots are in white supremacy, literally, from Gavin McGinnis's own words. So it's kind of like, hey. Although, of course, when you quote Gavin McGinnis, he'll just be like, "That's not what I said," or even though it's literally what he said, he'll be like, "No, I was joking." Right. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I would rather be thoughtful about how I describe people so we don't defang the terms. I'm not, because I'm not saying that the Boogaloo Boys and the Proud Boys and QAnon supporters aren't dangerous. I just want to be careful in my description of them. Of course. But yeah, the Boogaloo Boys are not unlike QAnon. They get on 4chan and 8chan, and but they're, they're into, they want to create a second American Civil War. And we're not going to have a second American Civil War, guys. And no one should want that. Even, no, no. even if you believe in, in completely changing the government, we do not want a violent revolution. That's not... No one wants that. That's not good. Agreed. I'm sorry. I'm going all over the place. But you were talking yeah. about distance by, by Corrieta. Yeah. I, yeah. I There's this like... Anytime I think a movie is like intentionally, I mean this in a good way, slow or meditative, I guess is, is, is a better word. I'm always like, it's just kind of how I am. It's like, was he influenced by uh, Brisson? And then I come to find out there's like a bunch of quotes. Specifically, you know, Coriata said, L'Argent is like a textbook, which I review before shooting each new film of mine. And then oh, there's more dope. specifically talking about, you know... Um, distance and I, I i i love that he he was also inspired by specific ozu films which makes a whole lot of sense but the, but the yeah. person thing was even cooler to me so and then more thought about you know largent to some degree you know like it's it's about it is kind of like an anthology film where it's like multiple stories but there is a main story right. and within the main story it, it results in this guy doing this like really terrible act and he kind of leaves behind a wife and sick child. And then you start to wonder, it's just like, oh, man, imagine you're the wife or child of this guy that just did this thing. Even though this movie was made in 1983, I'm not going to spoil it for you because it is kind of all about the ending. And not everyone has seen Largent. But, um, yeah, I think that's another reason why I love Distance so much is because after I got to Googling and looking up stuff and it just connected me to a bunch of other movies. And I was like, oh, this is why I love movies. Yeah, because it's it's hard to it's it's hard to remember sometimes because like, you know, and Largent is on HBO Max, which is if wow, you're gonna wow. pay for a movie service, 
I think it's better than Netflix. I really do. Um, so, yeah, there's like 30 movies I want to watch right now, which is always exciting. Because I was, like, I was struggling this summer with this podcast, man. Not because, not because I don't, I don't love you, and sure. the podcast just was having a hard time. Yeah, I was just like, it's not like I don't love you or love the podcast. It's just, it's just been a weird year, so. I wasn't super excited about movies all the time. Yeah, that it, yeah. It's nice to get excited again to have like a queue of 20 movies that I actually want to watch. And don't even get me started on there's like some specific movies that I saw at TIFF that I know you're really going to like. Um and one of them it could be coming out any time now because te- technically it got released over in Europe in a couple of places. But you know the new vi- the new vi- uh, Vinterberg film, another round. Oh, yeah, you've been I talking. really think you're gonna. Uh, I think you specifically though, you're, you're gonna like it. You've been talking about it a lot. I'm looking. Forward I have. To it. Yeah. Definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. And um. Uh, yeah. So. You know, Corieta, who's like, a, who's like a master, I think. Um, yeah, he is. Just like really, like he's really good at making movies about collective traumas and trauma bonding and uh, parts of Japan that I didn't think about. Yeah, that's always been my biggest thing. Not 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 every movie, but but there's like a nice handful of his filmography that is just like, oh yeah, you don't really see that too much in modern Japanese film. Especially like you know, shoplifters and exactly and distance, you know. Yeah. And I was really I was really impressed with that, and and I was just like trying to think about like how to or nobody. I'm sorry to cut you off, but or nobody knows is another one that's totally shoplifter adjacent the film which and and similar to distance is loosely based on a true story about the the japanese kids who just kind of like lived by themselves and hence the title nobody knew about it they just kind of did their own thing it was like this, these these siblings who just like didn't have an adult around yeah i don't even know about that movie. oh my gosh that's that that's actually the first Koreata movie that i saw i think i saw it when i first moved to new york city after college yeah that's if i mean Honestly, it's like it's literally distance meets shoplifters with slightly more cinema verite look style to it, but it, it's where those two films meet in the no, middle. Nobody knows you said. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, we're go- we're going to talk about an an elephant sitting still one of these days, but well, we have to. I, I mean. Besides the fact that it's really great, I've I've put time into watching it, and it's it's such a great film. So yeah, we have to. Well, yeah, we, we'll we'll get to it. And so, have you have you ever read Survivor by Chuck Palahniuk? No. <clears throat> so that's a very good movie about like the survival of cults, and then. Um, they were they were going to make a movie about it around the time that, you know, Fight Club got popular. Mm-hmm. As, as we talked about. Oh, you told me. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, you told me about yeah. this. And um, but then the September 11th attacks happened, and it's just interesting that Distance came out the same year that 
the 9 11 oh, wow. attacks yeah. happened. Wow. And then uh, Haruki Murakami, the the novelist, wrote mm-hmm. a nonfiction book about the Aleph attacks that the movie is dis- in, um, inspired by called Underground, which, if you're in the mood to, to get upset, I recommend. Mm. Um, and I'm trying to think what I can release. Like, you know, sometimes the, there's movies that you and I really like that there's not a ton to say about it just to just to watch it. Sure. And and tell us what you think about it. Yeah. You know? Um, what other stuff have you been watching recently? Honestly, you know, at this point now, it's just been, te- it's been uh, te- television. I haven't had a chance to really, well, I've, uh, mindless stuff late at night. My wife and I watched like the, the Lifetime movies, like the crazy stalker, thrilly, thriller, like scary ones, but, um, like, like yeah. Deadly Adoption. Yeah. Which I saw a few years ago myself. Um, yeah. What so. a weird movie. Sure, the mark. It just seemed to come out of nowhere, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's weird all around. I mean, cause, cause I was like, I was like, how, how serious is this supposed to feel? That's that's exactly how I felt before and during watching it. That's kind of what I like about it, though. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's like it goes all in. It goes all in on what it's doing. Yeah. And I could sort of appreciate that. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, oh, did have you, you know, obviously it's like super zeitgeisty, but I do like, um, I do like The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, uh, we watched that in like a weekend. Um, I did enjoy it. And it was have, really cool. Have you watched Red Oaks yet? Nope, sorry. You don't have I to know, apologize. I know. Yeah. I just know that that when you do, you'll like it, and when I I think it's fair to say that that we'll we'll have a Patreon within the next two months. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would Would yeah. you say we got some cool stuff coming? Would you say that's within reason? Of absolutely. And I think one idea for the tears is that people have wanted us to talk about television shows. So I think like deep dive on television shows mm-hmm. like Red Oaks, Twin Peaks season three. Yeah. The, the Wu-Tang show. Um, yeah. Uh, on, not only God Forgives, um, Too Old to Die Young. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, yeah. Because cause we keep on talking about doing doing an episode of that, but I feel like we might need space, and it might be like a nice treat. And and a lot of a lot of podcasters are doing Patreons, and and I don't want to hide stuff behind a paywall, but I do want to. I would like to to like there are costs to make this podcast. That yep, would be are. nice to be covered, and and I think like people would probably like to support us. I would say so. Um, yeah, and I like Queen. I like the, I like. I'm, I'm I'm not. I haven't finished the Queen's Gambit, but 
they definitely figured out a way like the the chess the chess or the chess organization of the world were like how are we going to get people into chess agreed yeah they, they made it really cool and they figured out how to how to show the sexiness of chess yeah and the unsexiness of drug addiction sure all right man well this is a fun oh. episode um, yeah no it was i wish i, I, I need to i need to get on i need to I need to I need to watch more 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 movies now from um, you know for someone that has a movie podcast. This this episode made me want to watch a bunch of stuff. Yeah, even stuff that we we'll, didn't talk about. Yeah, we'll talk off record about some stuff that we should check out before next week. Yeah. All right, man. Take care. All right, you too. Nah. Right.